Good morning. Got bad news for you. Summer's officially over. We can all go back to our normal lives now. But hey, it was fun while it lasted, right? Did you guys have a good summer? A few of you. Truth is, it's time to put all that aside and go back to our normal rhythms of life, getting up early, getting the kids off to school, spending Saturdays watching college football, and let's not forget pumpkin spice everything. It's that time of year. Now, the truth is, the end of summer is a good time for all who labor to pause to reflect, to catch our collective breaths. And I hope that this particular weekend, Labor Day weekend, you will do that. I know half of it's over already, but I do hope that you will be intentional to take some time to reflect upon what God has done in your heart and in your mind this summer. That you will consider how God has met with you in times of silence and solitude, but also in times of worship. to pause and reflect upon the areas of your life where you have been stretched, to consider how you have, from the beginning of summer until now, how you have grown in your faith, how you have grown spiritually. These are all things that are good and right and healthy to reflect upon when you hit these kind of markers in the calendar to do it occasionally, and I encourage you to do it this weekend as it's Labor Day weekend to look back upon your summer and see where God has met you and molded you and shaped you. I hope you'll do that in a quiet moment this weekend. But I also want us to reflect today for the next 30 minutes or so, I'd like us to reflect upon something together as a community. I'd like us to consider something that oftentimes I would suggest many people don't consider, and that is a biblical view of God's church, a biblical view of God's church. I'd like us to look through this lens that if we're completely honest, most of us often overlook. We just sort of breeze past it. Here's what I mean. If I were to play a little bit of word association with you this morning, and I would say, okay, are you guys ready? You would say, all right. Now, once you're ready, then I would say, okay, I want you to, to say the thing that first comes into your mind when I say the word church. Okay. We've got a few people sneaking in the right answer. I want you to think through that. I'm I'm guessing that those of you who maybe didn't just shout it out there, maybe some of you may have thought, well, I think the church is the building, that place that I go to on Sunday mornings. That's the church, right? Maybe you're thinking, when I say church, you're thinking of the church that you sat in as a child, those hard pews that were terribly uncomfortable, and you squirmed around in your seat. Maybe some of you thought of that when I said the word church. Others of you thought, well, church? Well, I go to Woodside Bible Church. That's my church. 
And still others of us probably thought, well, hey, when you're talking about church, I'm thinking about this worship that we just had, that kind of experience. When I come and gather with a group of people and I sing God's praise, that's church to me. Now, here's the reality. Those are all things that likely came to mind for at least some of us in this room. And while they certainly do represent your weekly experience of worship right here at Woodside in White Lake, the question is, does that accurately represent what the Scriptures teach about the word, the church, and who we are as God's people? So this morning, what we're going to be doing is we're going to look at God's church and what I think will be a fresh way. I'll tell you, it won't be edgy or like super creative or terribly innovative, but instead what we're going to do is we're going to look backward. And by looking backward, we will have a clearer vision how to move forward. By looking backward, we will see clearly how we move forward. And as we do, I believe that what we will see is a biblical view of God's church and why it matters to every single person here today. The youngest among us as we have a family service, all the way up to our seniors, who wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, I believe that what we're looking at today matters today, tomorrow, the week, month, and years ahead on your faith journey. So we're going to dig into a portion of Scripture that will guide us today, but before we do, I'd like us to pray. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank You that You have called us to this church, to this building to sing songs of praise to You because, God, that's what You do. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our adoration. You are worthy of our crying out to You and proclaiming Your name. You are worthy of that. So we gather. We gather from many different paths this week. Some of us have had brutal weeks, absolutely painful. Others of us could not have think of a, thought of a better way to end summer. It has been fantastic. And wherever you find our hearts on that spectrum this morning, Father, we pray that you would meet with us now through the power of your Word. God, your Word is active. It's living. It has everything we need to walk out our faith in real and tangible ways in the days ahead. And so, God, show us that truth today. Through the power of Your Spirit, open our eyes to see the truth that's found in Your Word, God. Open our ears to allow us to hear it. And then, God, may we have humble hearts. Humble hearts before You for You to do Your work in us. That we might be Your church. God, we ask this in Jesus' mighty name name. Amen. As your pastor, you could say I'm called a churchman. I love the church. My desire is that you would too, that you would say, well, I love the church. 
given my life to that purpose and that calling. But what does that mean exactly? He's a churchman. <laughs> I'm betting some of you are probably sitting there going, well, I certainly hope our pastor likes the church. Kind of be a bad thing if he didn't, right? Here's what I mean by loving the church. I want you to have a deep-rooted biblical understanding of God's church. That is my desire for you in this place today. That when you walk out of here, you would have a solid grounding of what it means to be God's church. Now, I'm guessing that some of you are thinking, wait a second, Pastor, it is Labor Day weekend. Everybody else is up north already. I'm not. I'm here. You're kind of preaching to the choir. <laughs> well, to some degree, that's a fair point. However, what I'm speaking on this morning is something that I believe that is much, much bigger than Woodside White Lake. It's much bigger than Woodside. It's much bigger than the church in this region or this state. I believe that we have a significant cultural issue in America today. And so that's why we're looking at this topic today. We have a significant cultural issue in America today, and I'll describe it as an underdeveloped view of the church, an underdeveloped ecclesiology, you could say, of what it means to be the church. And so today, we're going to be looking at two realities of what it means to actually be the church. That is our direction today. That is our focus. That's what the Lord has laid on my heart for you today, and I hope that you will engage with us. So, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the Apostle Paul's first letter uh, to the church in Corinth. And uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 12. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you are going to find it on page 959 in our church Bibles or in the uh, ESV translation that we use here. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to be picking it up at verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, here's what the Apostle Paul writes. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. For if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would make, not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. For if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them as He chose. For all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Now I want to skip down to verse 26. 
Paul continues, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And that's where we're going to stop. Paul has just used one of the many metaphors that are highlighted in Scripture to describe God's church. He has chosen the body of Christ as the metaphor, the body, the human body. Now, yet as you go through Scripture, you'll find a variety of different uh, metaphors that are used by Paul and others. You'll find the bride of Christ. You'll find the flock. You will find the priesthood. You will find the family of God. They're all there in different portions of the New Testament to name just a few. They're all over. They all communicate a little bit of a different reality of what it means to be a part of the community of faith. And when I say the community of faith, I don't mean just a generic faith. What I mean is the community of faith for those who are in Jesus. For those who have a faith in Jesus Christ, you are part of the family of God, the flock, the body of Christ. So this morning, we're going to seek a greater understanding of God's church by looking a little more closely with some depth at the description that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to pick it up again at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Paul is telling the Corinthians and those of us who read along some thousands of years later, that similar to the human body is the body of Christ. It's a beautiful picture. So it is with Christ. If you are a person of faith in Jesus Christ, if you are trusting in your eternal salvation upon a man who would give his life sacrificially on a cross for you, then you are a recipient of his grace, and you are part of something absolutely incredible called the church, the body of Christ. Let's keep reading. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. There are many members in the body. If the foot should say, because, well, I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. The whole body or an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell As it is, God has arranged members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. As He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Paul provides a list here, and this is one of the most distinct and helpful teachings that he gives us, I would suggest, in all of Scripture. Because he helps us see that the church is the body of Christ. Those who are aligned by faith in Jesus have become the body of Christ. 
You see, what Paul's done here is give us a vivid picture of the importance, not of me as an individual, but of me as a collective. We need each other. Gary, say that louder. There you go. We need each other. For the overall health of the body, for the whole body to reach its full potential in gospel advancing movement, we need each other. Never is this more clearly displayed than what you're experiencing right now. When we gather together to worship on a Sunday morning, there are tech people. There are people who invest in the lives of our children. There are people on the stage who play musical instruments. There are people who stand up here and talk. Put any one of us, any one of us in a different spot, and I'm guessing you'd have a little chaos. I can't play the drums like Jacob. You don't want me to do that. My guess is the people in the tech booth would say, yeah, I don't want to do the talking that you're doing. You see, we need each other. When each one of us is functioning within our God-given gifts and abilities, it is a beautiful, beautiful picture of the body in motion, of it working together in unity, and that is a picture of God's church, the body of Christ. Now, I use that illustration of what happens on a Sunday morning, that each person is important, whether you're serving in kids or in the tech booth, on the team, standing here, or any other area around our campus. Those are unique gifts and abilities, and I'm so thankful that you faithfully serve in those areas. It's absolutely crucial. But there's also some bigger issues when we talk about the body of Christ. There are issues that actually, if we're going to be honest and transparent with each other, kind of divide us. You could kind of say, well, you know, there's some people over here, and we're going to sit on this side because, well, all of us look at things differently, like there's some Wolverines and there's some Spartans. There's people who drink Coke and people who struggle through a Pepsi. There are people who read. There are people who will say, no, 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 I'm just going to wait for the movie. (laughs) And even another level of depth, there are people who will debate about school choice. Do I send my kids to a Christian school? Do I homeschool? Do I go public school, charter school? There are choices that we make, and sometimes those things can divide us. How about politics? That's a fun one in this season, isn't it? You don't even want to laugh. It's so intense. We're like, oh, no, don't talk to me about that right now. And then there's theology. Within the context of the body of Christ, there can be very different viewpoints on a lot of different things theologically. And all of those are true, 
and yet there's something that's more important. If you are in Christ today, your place in the body is firm. In spite of your divisions, in spite of your viewpoints that might be different than someone else you're sitting next to, all of those things may be true and we can have different viewpoints and personal preferences, and yet the reality is if you were in Christ, you were part of the body. I love the way a pastor and author by the name of Rick McKinley writes this, these distinct differences that you find within the church. Here's what he says. He says, the church is a diverse family of God's people, and in our diversity lies a natural and uncomfortable tension. Well, that's true, isn't it? We don't all get along, and we don't all like each other, but we don't get to choose our families. They are chosen for us. You know, earlier this morning, we proclaimed the words of the oldest creed in Christianity, the Apostles' Creed. And in that creed is a line that is commonly misunderstood, and I'm pretty sure most of us know the line I'm talking about. It reads, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I knew a guy once who, when we would get to that line, he wouldn't say it because he wasn't supportive of the Roman Catholic Church and says, I won't say that. Now, I want to be very, very clear. The line in that text is not pointing to the Roman Catholic Church. Instead, when we proclaim the term Catholic in the creed, what we are acknowledging is the church universal or the whole church. Another way to think of it would be we are proclaiming, I believe in the body of Christ the church. And that's why believers have been reciting that creed for nearly 1,900 years. Because it's true. So you might say, well, pastor, where does all this lead us? The Apostle Paul has shown us that through faith in Christ we are united and we resemble or we have similarities with the human body. We've also seen that we are linked within the church universal that means here today, 100 years ago, 500 years ago, and beyond. And we are linked with this local gathering of believers that are unique in our gifts and our abilities. That's true. But the question is, and the question that I want you to consider this morning, is where do you fit in? I want you to pay special attention to the words I use there. I said, where do you fit in, not if you fit in. If you were in Jesus Christ today, you were a part of God's church. And the question is, where do you fit in in this local body of believers? Is it serving with kids? Is it joining our tech team? Is it leading others in their faith. Where do you fit in in this local body of Christ followers? Because as your pastor, I want you to know we need you. We need you. Now, let's return. And what we're going to find is our second reality 
of the body of Christ. We're going to look again at verses 26 and 27. Paul says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Church, this is why when we build the tank right here, put some water in it, and we have a baptism, this is why God's people cheer for those getting baptized. And this is also why we cry with family members at memorial services. We do both. And just to be honest with you, we have done both in recent weeks right here at our campus. We celebrated and we rejoiced with families who whose loved ones publicly professed their love for Jesus Christ and their desire to walk in His ways, and they went under the waters of baptism, and we came up and we cheered, and we should. And hundreds of us gathered this week to grieve the loss of one of our own. And when we did, I want you to know it was a beautiful picture of the body of Christ at work. This is the beauty. This is the strength. This is the power of God's church, the body of Christ, because the church does life together. We do life together. We experience the highs and the lows together. This is why I often speak of the journey that you and I are on a faith journey. We experience the valleys and the mountaintops. And we should do it together. And this is why we consistently encourage you to be part of a life group. Trust me, it's not because you need something else in your calendars. I'm, I'm pretty sure your calendars are already full. My desire is not to just add one more thing, but the reality is we need each other. And so we encourage every single person who calls Woodside White Lake your church home to be part of a group because you need other believers in your life. Period. You need other believers in your life who will encourage you in Christ. You need other believers who will pray with you when you are hurting. You need other believers who will celebrate the victories that you experience on your journey. You need other believers. And here's a a little-known fact. They need you too. They need you too. Now, if I may have a pastoral moment here for just a second, I want to be brutally honest with you. Remember, it's an intimate group here on Labor Day, so going to bear my soul just a little bit. It's been a hard time to be in pastoral or church ministry. The last couple of years have been very, very difficult. Pastors and church leaders have seen dramatic shifts in our congregations. Many people who used to sit in that seat don't sit in that seat anymore. And I just want you to know that that stings. That stings but not for the reason you might think. It stings because we're missing a part of the body. 
because the body of Christ looks different today than it did two years ago. You see, for it is in Christ that we are recipients of God's grace. It is in Christ that we are justified. It is in Christ that our sins are forgiven. It is in Christ that we've been made new creatures, and it is in Christ that we've been welcomed into something new and different and significant and powerful, and it is the body of Christ. So in the midst of all of our differences, in the midst of all of our personal preferences, our personal opinions, God's people united together are called to be together in one body, the church, to belong to each other. So we love each other. We serve alongside of each other. We encourage each other. We mourn together and we celebrate together and we stick together. Why? Because this is the body of Christ, and you are an individual part of it. And as your pastor, I'm glad you are. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org forward slash connect to introduce yourself today.